Irish NFL show. Firstly, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate all our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we would massively appreciate it. Also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome into today's Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin. And very pleased to be joined by a man who is a co-host on the UK Steelers podcast, where his main role uh, is all things draft-related, and he is a two-time Stump the Truck participant. How are you doing, Mike Farrell? Paul, I'm grand, yeah. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely intro. Thanks very much. How are you keeping? Uh, not, too, not too shabby at all. Um, been uh, interacting with you on, on Twitter uh, for a good while now, so delighted to um, to have the opportunity to, to chat to you. And I suppose one of the things I always kind of like talking to guests about um, whether whatever side of the Atlantic they're from is a their NFL origin story, um, and you know obviously if you've grown up in the states, people they've played it and whatnot. But for people over here, it can very often be very different things. Uh, what what led you to become a, a fan of the the sport and the Steelers? I must admit, it's the one question I love as well. You know, with with going to games at Wembley or something like that, or even having to catch up with someone in a jersey, and you you ask the question, a great story comes from it. Um, mine mine started so I moved from Dublin to the UK in two thousand five, and one of the first lads I spoke to in school here was a Seahawks fan because he was from Seattle, and he said, "Look, this American football Eric, you should give it a lash." And I said, "All right, then, fine." New 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 beginnings and all the rest. Um, so now it was a case of choosing a choosing a franchise, and my my grandfather actually moved from Belfast to Pittsburgh in the fifties. He attended uh, Duquesne University, and his brother followed him, and his brother stayed out there. And family has has, has grown, and all the rest of it since then. So we always knew there was a family link in Pittsburgh, and I just said, "Well, sure, I I don't know, I know nothing about them, but that's absolutely fine." I'll choose the Steelers. Um, conveniently, that was the year they actually beat Seattle in the Super Bowl. So I thought, I'm onto a little bit of a winner here. <laughs> I've been a fan six months. I don't really know what's going on, but we've won something. This is great. Do you know what? Since then, it's 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 become an absolute hook of a sport now. Um, it's it's mad to think in, in, in such a space of time. And then even just noticing it around, around here, the growth of the sport in the UK and Ireland is phenomenal. Um, yeah, a, a, a great start for my fandom is as a, as a Steelers fan. Um, it, it's been a mixed bag, shall we say, the the rest of the other fifteen to eighteen years. Um, but yeah, real positive start, which is good. Yeah, like because the Steelers are interesting, right? Because oh, even it comes up all the time. But again, I saw it this week the question being put out there: Would you prefer to be a team that is you know competitive every year? Or a team that um, you know wins a, a a ring and then has lean years, and obviously, look, the Steelers have a, a storied uh, history. But as you said, since uh, it's been been quite a while since they added a, a, a ring to it. In terms of you know your thoughts on um, the the Mike 
Hamlin era. Where where do you stand on things? He's don't get me wrong. It, it's there's so much more positives than negatives. I mean, of, of that, there's no question. Um, his his man management skills and his ability to control a locker room are, are, are arguably second to none. You know, the, the, you see clips of him and you want to run through a brick wall for him. You know, three thousand miles away. Um, it's not without his warts. That's absolutely understandable. I think every every fan would would to probably comment something similar about their head coach. Um, but you can't knock the fact that you know we haven't had a losing season um, 2019 when I mean I was probably the next backup quarterback on the roster um, we were that far down the depth chart and we still walked away with eight wins that year he, he, he's a special talent you know there's no question about that and where we are now as a franchise in that real transition period with a lot of youngsters in key positions he is the right sort of head coach to have leading the front and I suppose that kind of leads on to Kenny Pickett because mm. um, I, I know certainly on our show last year, there were a lot of questions on Kenny Pickett and whether uh, he, um, you know, what does it like, I suppose, was capable of being mm. um, a starting NFL QB. Um, there are, you know, I know there are Steelers fans who are very bullish about him. Um, and, and equally, there's others who are sceptical. Again, kind of interested in, in your thoughts on, on Pickett. I mean, I when he came out of pit, it, it, it seemed it seemed a little obvious that it, we, we were going to end up taking. Now with hindsight, looking back, um, you kind of think we're, we're so ingrained, or the Steelers franchise is so ingrained in those family connections. You know, if it's not the Haywards, it's the Watts, it's the Edmonds, it's the, you know, the Rooney is obviously upstairs. Um you know that that's there in spades, and to, and to have a local kid playing the quarterback position, it, it was sort of written in the stars a little bit. And you can, you know, touch wood. But if we have a successful few years, you, you know, you can see the articles coming in about you know, local boy and and in the in the training front or in the training uh, setup from from college days. Um, I mean, it, it was a tough start for him. You know, in, in his rookie year, you know, he, he came in halfway through the Jets game, and then. The following game was away to Buffalo. And I think we opened up the game conceding two 80-yard touchdown catches from Gabe Davis. <laughs> it's, it's tough to play away in Buffalo on a good day when, you're, when you've been left with that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to work out. But those last day games, you know, we finished 6-2 and two and a lot of fourth quarter comebacks as well against the Raiders and away to the Ravens. You know, it shows there's something there. Um, we've we've done a lot in the off season now around the offensive line where I, I, it still baffles me to think our O line last year didn't get injured or hardly got injured. So we we counted our blessings, but that's a rarity. There was very little in the way of depth in that O line. We've now we now have fighting for position, which is great. It, it, you know, it's a nice problem to have. I I think we will see a positive step from Picky. Um, you know, we've we've added weapons as well both for the agency and the draft so for me we're going about it the right way you know the last thing you want is a, is a young quarterback in a position and you're not giving him the 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 tools to succeed now where is his floor where is his ceiling who knows you know he he's very experienced a lot of years at pit so he's, he's not coming in he didn't come in 
you know, incredibly raw. But we, as I'm sure you know, play in a very, very tough conference and a very, very tough division. Um, so there'll always be tears above him. But in my opinion, he's making positive steps. You know, things are going in the right direction as far as we're concerned. Yeah, um, I mean, the the conference, as you said, like it is quite something when you consider that you've got Joe Burrow and the Bengals, you've got Lamar Jackson and the Ravens finally, finally getting mm. that, that contract done. And obviously, Deshaun Watson uh, in, in Cleveland. When you look around the, the rest of the division, you know, what are your thoughts on your divisional rivals? It's it's incredible how it shifts in, in you know over, over ten years. Um, I think the bang. I think it's fair to say the Bengals are the are the standard in the in the division right now. Um, they weapons on offense. Their D's had a bit of movement in the last twelve months, but that offense is is lightning. You know when Jamar Chase goes out for an injured for an injured time last year, T Higgins comes in and it looks like they they have they don't have. You know they have multiple number one wide receivers. It's not just it's not just the next Teakins is playing number two role. The 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 Ravens are are again in this strange. I'm fascinated to see how they play with the new OC this year. You know, the, so much of the last few years have been built around Lamar Jackson's capabilities, both as a as a runner and a passer. I'm interested to see the dynamic change that will make the the Browns. The Browns are a real interesting. You know, uh, with everything Deshaun Watson related, both on and off the field, ultimately they they sold the farm to bring him in, and I would imagine they're going to want to start seeing results very, very soon. And you know, it was a slightly mixed bag for them last year. You do wonder at what point the the ownership and the the guys at the head of the organization look down at those running it below and say, "Well, you know, we've." We've given up quite a bit and paid quite a lot and we're not getting, you know, we're not seeing December, January football. So um, it, it's it's incredibly, it's easily the tough. I think the AFC North is the toughest in the league right now. Um, where we fit into that? Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> I, I think you're being very kind to the Browns in saying it was a mixed bag last year. It was awful <laughs> when Watson came in. It was it was a mixed bag under Jacoby, but at least, you know, he kind of had the, the ship going in, in the right direction. Mm. When Watson came in was when things went really bad. I also think, like, there's probably, uh, this year is going to be really interesting to see how he, how Watson does, how Wilson does, how Rodgers does, because it, it feels like there was kind of this movement to really go out and make big splash on QBs. And perhaps off the back, I'm wondering off of Brady and Manning. Um, but ultimately, Brady and Manning were free agents. So you didn't have to give up all of the, you know, your picks and, and mm. were able to therefore put pieces around them. Whereas, you know, the, the Broncos and the Browns mm. gave up, you know, astronomical amounts. And then you're homestrung in terms of what you could actually do. So I think this is going to be an interesting season in that respect to see because if Watson and, and Wilson don't bounce back, I wonder if that might in the future kind of make teams think twice. Now, everyone, luck will always think we're the exception. We can make it work. <laughs> um, but but we, we'll see uh, on, on that side of things. And 
I suppose like that's kind of um, and I segue into your interest in the draft mm-hmm. and you know to um, talk to me a little bit about like how you got particularly interested in in the draft side of things. It was um, what was it? Well, let me think. It was 2012 actually. I was I was living back home for a year in 2012, and I'm uh, myself and a good friend of mine who uh, is a Bears fan watching the draft one evening, and no, no, bless his socks, as a Bears fan. Um, and we were watching the draft one evening. I had no idea who who was who and what was what. And sort of over the weeks after that, sort of realized, well, you know, over these seventy two hours, we or you know the teams that we 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 root for gain half a dozen new players, and we don't know anything about them, and we won't know anything about them for arguably two years. You know, earn their stripes and and get through the rookie bumps and all the rest. So. That year, we decided, you know, for 2013, we'll, we'll do a little bit of research. We'll, we'll just have a look and, and see how, what sort of players come out. And that was just sort of looking online at what we could find. And I think at the start, if we, if, if we turned around 25 players that we watched, and at least we could speak to, uh, to, to one another about a player we liked, player we didn't like. Um, and sort of over the next 10 years, that's grown into... Uh, the guts of 275 to 300 players scouted um a lot far too much time than i should be spending on it and um, spent on it through from sort of november time up until the draft kicks off and ultimately i it's great to look back at you know players you might have liked or players you weren't fans of and seeing how they developed and and even you know having a soft spot for a player in the draft who may have gone to another team who science to your team in free agency in four or five years time and you can kind of look back and go oh well i've got a bit of knowledge about him i can remember him from his days at whichever college it might have been um so you, you come in with a little bit more of a grounded knowledge if he's you know if he's a particular player who didn't play in the afc for example or you know you didn't see regularly uh, playing against um and it's just yeah just over those years it's sort of just developed now into um it just yeah, spending as I say far too much time than I probably should be, um, compiling scouting reports and still having about four years worth of pads somewhere in my house with jotted notes from, from draftees back in twenty nineteen and twenty eighteen. So how how much college football do you watch then? Very little, through through the year very little, um, because, well, from Sunday at six o'clock it's <laughs> the show's over here and it's. It's uh, it's the NFL until uh, until the early hours. I'll I'll try to get a little bit in on Saturdays, but ultimately, it, it's a time thing. I, you know, I I tried to start so much of the work in in end of November. Um, I've made this mistake in the years gone past where there'd be a player who's you know if he comes out he'll be the next big thing, and I, I spend a couple of hours watching him, and then he doesn't declare and he stays in college, and you go ah I'm just wasted. I I could have scouted two players in that time move on or park it for next year so I, I like to target you know senior bowl guys in particular because you know okay they're bankers you, you can you can tech chick, chick them off the list doesn't matter if they are you know borderline top 10 picks to to late day three or udfas or from you know from small school colleges just getting a chance to go through a decent sized roster and you know when the senior bowl then comes up and you you can watch the game and again you can sort of comment a little bit on things that you've seen on tape and stuff like that um you know really does help and then as soon as that's over and everyone's declared you, you've got the pool then and then it's just a case of 
trying to get through it as as, as detailed as humanly possible. Uh, it's it's a job. I mean, it, it's it's I probably spend more time doing this on my on my actual job sometimes, but it's I can't knock it. You know, it's it's a it's an incredible passion and. Yeah, I can't see it waning anytime soon. Don't get me wrong, there are days I look and think I have 200 players to go and you sort of, you know, wipe your brow a little bit. But it just gives it just gives me so much more knowledge and understanding of even simple things like college concepts to being able to talk about when the Steelers draft a player, go great. You know, I was a fan of his, I wasn't a fan of his. How will he fit in our scheme and our system? Rather than, oh, he's from a big college, he must be good, and, and not really having that detailed understanding. So it, it's it's how I got on speaking to the guys at the, the UK Steelers podcast, was, was speaking to one of the guys there and asked him about draft coverage. And uh, we got chatting, and he said, look, if you want to come on and chat draft, please do. And, and I mean, that was about two and a half years ago, and I'm still hanging around. And have you seen... Um, you know, in so much as like, look, we're on this side of the Atlantic, we're removed, we're not on the ground and, and mm. everything that goes into it. But have you seen changes, I suppose, in terms of the the players kind of coming into the league in, mm. you know, because you've been, as you said, you've been doing this for a little while now. I, I, I Less so, I think players are changing. However, I think the NFL is changing and you know, years ago, there was so much talk about where the play, you know, quarterback's a great example. Uh, you know, he needs to be doing this and this and this. He needs to be this tall. He needs to play this amount of snaps under center. And actually, they don't do that in college. And in a way, the NFL is turning it back onto the college game a little bit. And I can see why, because it just makes it an easier transition. You know, franchises can't afford to bed in a rookie quarterback for four years or five years. Um, without fear of getting the chop. So how can they make life easier for a rookie quarterback? Simple. They can, they can link so much of what they did in their college game and, and wean them into a bit more pro concepts. You know, there are some colleges out there that have very, very limited um, offensive diversity in their play call. But getting them in in sort of baby steps helps develop. Um, so I, I don't think the college game has massively changed. I think the NFL game has probably changed to move a little bit towards that college concept. And, and we see that now with so much more, you know, four wide receiver sets, five wide receiver sets, which in college is bread and butter. You know, that's that's first and 10 at the start of the game, you know, whereas in the NFL, it's, you know, a little bit more weaning in. Um, so I, I'd reckon there is where we've seen a big, big change. Um, I mean, there's, there's always be a question about it in terms of players coming out of college, you know, the running back position and how, how valuable that is and, and you know the discussions around that I can't really comment too much we took Najee Harris two years ago um, at pick 24 so um, you know that that's probably one area where you, you do think over time there's a bit of reluctance to take running backs in the first round but sure look we took we had Bijan go at number 8 this year and he is has the potential to be a, a superstar so if you're there are great players out there it, it's yeah there, there, there's plenty of them going, but I, I think there's there's definitely a shift on that running back position in particular. But should should teams be take like in some ways, right? Because the, the 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 change has been the fact that I guess they're in, particularly in terms of second contracts and kind of mm. in the law of diminishing returns for most running backs. 
so taking Bijan and have it, the, the question isn't so much like taking Bijan. For me, it's do you give Bijan that second contract? That's probably the, the piece that's going to be most interesting to see if teams move to that. Because obviously we're in this situation where, you know, you've got Josh Jacobs, you've got Saquon, you've got, it, um, you know, um, Dalvin Cook, who who is looking for a team, looking for money. We'll, we'll see what happens. And I would, yeah, like, I, I suppose I, like in terms of the, the question, yeah, it was around the way in which the league has shifted because we have seen, you know, the teams make it, you know, a little bit easier. You've talked about that and you've seen it with QBs, you've seen it with wide receivers, guys coming in mm. and immediately, and not just like one guy who comes in and sets it alight. It's like every year somebody comes in and kind of, you know, is um, incredible. And we've seen it now with, with cornerbacks, but mm. not with tight ends. We are still in this situation <laughs> where rookie tight ends really struggle. And, do you do you have any thoughts on on why that is? I think if you look at some of the elite big colleges, you know your your Bamas, your LSU's, your Ohio State's, etc. I mean, Ohio State's a perfect example. Over the years, the, the wide receiver room that they've had with Smith and Jake, but um, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, just to name just to name three. You almost look and go, is there even room for the tight end? And certainly in the receiver's role, which rightly or wrongly is 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 where it gets put on an upper echelon. You know, we, the blocking game is, is is sexy for a few, but not for all. Um, but I think I think the wide receiver room in college now are so full. I mean, it, it's a conveyor belt at some places. It, it it begs the question, where does the tight end fit into that? You know, they're not getting the the level of ball production that big time tight ends are getting in the NFL. So there's there's a little bit of growing pains arguably for for tight ends. And and ultimately you look at how many tight ends are getting picked in the top hundred picks in comparison to wide receivers, just numbers basis alone is that the wide receivers are going to shine ahead of some of the some of the rookie tight ends. Um it's it's gonna take a brave college system to have to uh, the tight end as, as the leading guy. But there are a couple out there, you know Michael Mayer at Notre Dame last year, for example. Um, there's the guy from uh, the young fellow Georgia who's up there in terms of one of the best tight ends in the last few years of, of college football. So there's a couple, but the wide receiver rooms are so full and they're so full of stars and, and they're they're all different. You know, you want a six foot five receiver who's 215, you can. You want a 5'10 but runs a 4'30, yeah, you can have him as well. You know, there's such variety. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just it's interesting because what you're saying there, there's so much truth in it, and and as the the college game has gone that way, but in the NFL, and he's the outlier, obviously, but Travis Kelsey has mm. come increasingly important. Like you know, he and 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 some of that is is his, you know, he's just a, a freak in the true sense of the word, and and everything he can do and his ability to find space. But it is just funny the college game moves further away from that and Travis Kelsey like the Chiefs it's it Tyree Kill that they moved on from it, that's, you know that's what they decided to to do um you know in in terms I I suppose you know also interested in kind of the you like because obviously with the you know you're studying the draft the, you're mm. you're a big fan of the game writ large in terms of the 2023 season what are some of the things that kind of stand out to, to you or that you're intrigued by, good good or bad, 
that you are you're looking forward to seeing how it plays out mm. uh, when the when the new season gets up and running. I'll I tell you, I'll, I'll start I start with Steelers just just a very brief one. I'm I'm fascinated because I've I, I listened to you guys only there last week. You were talking about how people have mentioned winning five games and winning thirteen. You know we're we're in this very very strange shape. I have no idea. I think I predicted us 10, 10 or eleven wins this year. Um, but but looking league wide, you know, we mentioned Cleveland. I'm I'm fascinated what what that what what's going to happen there. Denver, I'm afraid to say, is is one I think everyone has their eye on. Um, considering you have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the entire league, it's incredible. Talk about depth on depth on depth. Um, but what they've got a show that, like on paper, absolutely. But can Cortland Sutton be the same guy after? I mean, that's why I think that that's where it is fascinating, right? Because on paper, it is, and you know, like last year, if you before things went bad, right? So mm-hmm. before when the rest is there, all the talk, yeah, the Broncos are just QB away and the wide receiver room. They haven't shown it. Like that Judy obviously had separation last year. But yeah, I think that's what makes it so fascinating is that on paper it's this, but yet on the field hasn't been. Mm. And it, it has to be, like I say, capital that was traded and the money involved is astronomical. You know, the if that doesn't go wrong, if that doesn't go right, that's setting the franchise back. Especially considering you have Mahomes and Jared and then Herbert of the Chargers. It's going to set them back five plus years. You know, with no draft picks. I'm sorry I'm saying this. It's, it's, it, uh, from the outside, it's it's it, but it is. But there's still, there's still got to be a little bit of optimism, I think. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Javante Williams back. I loved him coming out with North Carolina. I really did. Um, let's say the receiver room is there. You've got guys on the other side of the ball like Pat Sertain as well. There's 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 a team there. There really, really is. But it all sits on Russell Wilson, unfortunately. Or fortunately, however way you wanna you wanna look at it. Um, I- I, I I think the other thing not to make it a total Broncos discussion is around the the coordinators that Denver have mm. right because Lombardi like the Chargers were absolutely ready to run him out of town given what he you know maybe mm. prevented Herbert from doing and Vance Joseph you know ha- has never had a top 10 defense but these are the guys you know um, Sean Payton has decided to um, entrust as his lieutenants so there's yeah, there is many, many question marks around the Broncos going into twenty twenty three. But it, it is fascinating. It really is. I think I was thinking as well about some other individual teams, and actually I can't I'll I'll just say the entire NFC North. You know, we, we could spend twenty minutes on each team and, and just discuss the lay of the land. You know, there's Green Bay Pulse Rogers, who knows? Um Justin Fields and the Bears. Are massively on the up and incredibly exciting. Um, you know, need them to stay at a face, and you know the the coup of of getting DJ Moore on that trade to trade down from Carolina with the number one pick was brilliant. You know, I I think that was a positive trade even without taking on DJ Moore. They had the money to do it. I think that was brilliant on their part, and even to trade down one more pick from nine ten would feel, um, just to get a little bit more capital as well. The Lions, I think, are every you know arguably everyone's sweetheart team, maybe a little bit. Um. How they're gonna? The Jameson Williams thing is really unfortunate because coming off the injury out of college, 
we saw a little glimpse and it's just given us that little that little taste of what he could be because he was electric at Bahama. You know, off the field issues and all the rest of it aside, the latter part of the season are really fascinating to see the Lions. And, you know, with Minnesota, Dalvin Cook out the door now. Matheson is... I always quite like Matheson, but he's only ever had a handful of carries over a year, maybe 100 and maybe the max. Um, and then sort of getting rid of a... Of a how do we describe and well I'll just call him a number two and Adam Teal and, and taking in Jordan Addison you know to see that develop and, and to watch Justin Jefferson again I mean he is special he is so so special I think that entire division just screams change and shift what that is I've absolutely no idea because there's so much there's so many individual nitty gritty stories in between those teams I wouldn't want to tell you who the bookies' favourite were to win that division, but it's it, it it's got to be a tough one to predict because it, on their day it could be anyone. There's there's just so many questions. Yeah, I I would I would concur with you, and there you know again, yeah, you could you could spend even even more time on that. Um, I'm interested team that you know uh, again have flown a little bit under the radar somewhat this this offseason, but there are in, in a significant number of questions about it are the Rams. And, mm. you know, they, obviously they've moved off of uh, Jalen Ramsey and, you know, but you, you still obviously have Stafford, you have Cup, you have Donald, and you have McVeigh there. Do you, what, where do you, what are you expecting from the Rams in 2023? I, I'm expecting struggles, unfortunately, for them. You know, they I, I think they came out with this draft with the most rookies, both in terms of picks and UDFAs combined, because they just don't have the bodies, um, because they've spent so much money. Um, you know, they they spent so much of these years. What what was the cliche? Stars and scrubs. I think it was. We you know we'll have our half a dozen elite elite players, and the rest will just fail. And do you know what? They won a Super Bowl because of it. You can't knock. That's ultimately what we're after at the end of the day. Um, last year with injuries and all the rest of it, and as you say, with, with Jane and Ramsey now with now gone. My my worry on in particular on on the D is is you've got Aaron Donald and I mean I'm struggling to think of starting cornerbacks and and, and you know, middle linebackers that they have. Um I think they're a team who really, really could struggle in a division where again Seattle are on the way up. San Francisco or San Francisco, they they can get away with anything really. It doesn't it doesn't matter who seems to be the quarterback. Um, you know they'll make moves. So Arizona, yeah, well, well, with skirt with skirt. Um, bless, but you know they're they're, they're it's an unfortunate one for them with injuries and all the rest. But yeah, I think for the Rams, they're a team probably people aren't talking enough about on on the struggles they potentially might have this year. Um. It would would you? I mean, again, again, you're, um, it, it's a little bit easier because neither was our Rams fans. But would you be willing to move on from Aaron Donald, like in terms of like what, given the the fact that he has been such a colossus, right? I mean, you know, and and so important to them. Um, but where they find themselves, would you be willing to make a trade? And and if so, what would you what would you require to um to to let go of him, given where they find themselves in the stage of the, his career that he's at? 
I mean, he's he's still a star. Let you know. Let, let let's be fair here. And you know, there was talk after the Super Bowl that was that him going to be done. You know, he had he's he's earned all the money he needs to do for for, for a number of lifetimes, and he now has the ring. You know, what's what left? What is left that he needs to prove? Um, I'm just having a quick look at sort of cap numbers. And you know they're 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 not small. You know, twenty six million and thirty four million in the next two years. Those are big numbers. Those really, really are big numbers. Um, but he is the guy on that defense. If you got rid of him, I I, I really would struggle to put together a starting eleven on that side of the ball for them. It just becomes at what point you know. Next year, for example, twenty twenty four, the cap saving is six hundred thousand. You know, there, there's not a lot there yet. The following year, it's thirteen. You know, the, there's so much to weigh in on that financially as well. But I think as a franchise, you know, you're you're only a couple of years in LA. You you made all the splashes. You got the ring. You're you're in the middle of tearing it up and starting again. Getting rid of AD would be throwing in a you know throwing a grenade into the pot and just sort of seeing what comes out of the other side. It's probably too big a a call to make, I think, because you you're, you're left with very little on that side of the ball. Um, you should be very brave of them to do that. Put it that way. Yeah, no, I I was interested to hear. I said on our kind of off season review show that I I hope they don't. I'd, I'd love to see them kind of just remain and and mm-hmm. kind of be a, a one franchise guy um, and truly deserves all the accolades he gets. Um, the the stars and scrubs thing uh, amused me. It reminded me of way back when um, Madrid first did the whole Galacticos thing, and uh, Perez, uh, I think during his first term as president, um, said did the infamous uh, the Zidans and Pavons, uh, which uh, was maybe the the first iteration of of stars and and scrubs. Um, I suppose, um, you know, in terms of just before I let, let you go, one of the things that came to mind was around Matt Canada, right? I can't let you go without, <laughs> uh, without discussing that because that seems to be the decision that probably has caused the, 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 yeah, the, the most, uh, chin scratching in, uh, <laughs> in, in among Steelers fans this, this off season. Mm. And where, where do you stand on that? During the season, I, I was ready to say bon voyage. Um, uh, so much, so much of the offensive play calling was was just not what we were built for. The difficulty is we're in this balancing act now of a of a quarterback in year two. Are we going to get rid of the OC to then bring in a new one in in this third year? It could probably take a year to develop. We're all of a sudden now in year four, and we have we we're having conversations are being had do we want to get rid of that synergy i think that's a massive massive call i i think i've probably come 180 on that to to say look you know i was happy for him to go because i just didn't see the growth that we were having well actually maybe we should look at the bigger picture and maybe we shouldn't be looking at the chiefs and the Bengals and go why are we scoring 35 points a game you know at the same time we're paying big players on the defensive side of the ball and we have a couple of superstars on that side of the ball so maybe we're the sort of team that said you know what 35 a game won't be us but we can stop teams from scoring 35 a game 
And if we can just get by with with bumping up our average um, points per game a little higher than we got than we got away with last year, is a step in the right direction. I just I, th- I think with Pickett, this is this has to be a long term game, and I think moving the pieces too much too soon is just going to be to the detriment overall. You know, you you take a quarterback in the first round, you want to still be talking about him in 10, 12 years time. And, I, you know, we want to be doing that from a good base. Moving the pieces around them might be a little bit of a concern. Now, if it's, if it is really bad next season, now the Steelers aren't sort of organization I'd imagine who would fire an OC mid season. It's just not part of their ethos. Well, firing anyone isn't part of their ethos. I mean, we've three head coaches since the seventies. That's everything you need to know. Um, but if it is very, very bad, I, I I might have to turn the other way again and say, look, we do we just take the hit now and, and hope and pray we can get some positive moves or, or a progressive OC next season? We'll see. But for now, we are where we are and we'll sort of work with it and, and, and stay positive. Because, I, I, you know, there were glimpses. It's just we would like to have seen a little bit more of working to our strengths and, you know, having that rookie quarterback coming in midway through the year there's always going to be a bit of betting in but as I say you know the last the last eight games we finished six and two which sort of gives you that little taste for the season for the next season to go well it, it ended on a positive yes we did make the playoffs but that was in a way out of our control we had other results that needed to go our way if we were going to fall in and I mean in reality I think we would have been in seven seed playing the Bills away I don't think I wanted to go through that again so um, maybe it was a blessing in disguise, but I, I, I'm fearful of too much change with, with with getting rid of Matt Canada. So let's see how the next season goes. If there is progress, great. I again, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if there was progress and we still moved on. You know, as I say, I'm I'm not expecting us to just be a 35 point a game see franchise from September, but I'd like to see a bit of. And final question then, how good can Pickens be? How good can Pickens be? Um, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a chance to be a YouTube sensation, first and foremost, but just just some of those catches. I, I didn't actually watch the, the Browns game when he made that first big, you know, Odell-like catch. And uh, I think like most people over here in this time zone, you looked at your phone the next morning and that's all anyone was talking about from... 12 different angles in probably four different languages um, I, th- I think the wide receiver and we have at the minute generally is is strong you know with, with Deontay Johnson uh, who's probably a little bit underrated and he did that a bit, he had a bit of a hammering last season because he had so many catches so many yards but zero touchdowns it was you know I'm sure there's some NFL record in there somewhere um, with Pickens I mean even coming out of college I was a big fan of his what I was quite pleased to see this year at college he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and crossed the line a little bit too much um, I didn't see that last season which which I was really really pleased to see he's got all the skills you know he's areas to improve on is probably a little bit of separation but if you've got a guy who you know who can make a circus catches and you just have to get it in his radius what, what's, what's stopping us targeting more and I think that was a little bit of frustration with Steeler fans that he didn't get a lot of targets early in the season. And as soon as he did, all of a sudden you saw this this guy could be very, very good. Yeah, I, I, I'm i a Pickens fanboy, absolutely. I thought he, 
I love the attitude. I love everything about it. Uh, everything he brings to the table. Um, I, you know, he, we're seeing um, less of that kind of in the the league in in some ways, and I I think we we need a little bit of that. You need, um, you know, that that uh, kind of you don't know you don't know what he's going to do, and, and and like he is just capable of just absolutely exceptional skill, and I hope he gets the opportunity uh, to to really show off uh, because I think I think he can be truly truly sensational. Um, really enjoyed uh, chatting to you, Mike. If people want to find you online and find um, the UK Steelers podcast, where can they do that? Yeah, to, um, u- usual podcast locations for the, for the UK Steelers podcast. Um, we're we're sending out a weekly pod, usually middle of the week. Um, Twitter is the best place if anyone wants to catch up or, or discuss anything Steelers or NFL or particularly draft related. Um, it's Mike underscore JF one. Um, yeah, get in touch. Um, always, always a uh, great crack talking football. Uh, we'll make sure uh, to put your handle into the show notes. But for now, uh, just to say thanks for taking the time to chat to me. Not a problem, Con. Really enjoyed it. Thanks very much.